You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff Jarrett. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luca and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all the sports infotainment. Reunited and it feels so good. Me and Denise back together. Denise Salcedo, how are you, mate? I don't know the words to that song, so I couldn't join you, join in <laughs> on you, but I'm very happy to be here. Well, we've got a very fun show to kick back off uh, the Reunited Tour. Uh, talking about Alexa Bliss, could she be uh, the Raw Women's Champion in the coming months? Let's find out. Here is the show. No, dude, it's been like over a month since we've done a show together. I feel like it's been since last year and it's been a very, very long time. I'll say that much. Like it's been several weeks. I mean, so I, I moved out of my house on December 18th. So it would have been the week before that was our last show together. So it had been like early December and it's now pretty much the end of January. I know. Oh my God. So then it was at least like four or five weeks then. Yeah, and it's weird too because I got I did one show with Adam and then after that I got so used to not doing any shows Thursday nights like and it actually messed up my sleeping schedule. I was going to sleep later every single day instead of just once a day. Oh man. <laughs> well, anyway, well we're back now. This is it. We're going to be doing shows together every Friday again and I'm bloody looking forward to it unless one Me of too. Us hey. So Anyway, we're going to crack on. We're going to talk about Alexa Bliss uh, this week for our main topic of discussion because so she is she's now in the main event storyline of Raw. I would argue that the the Randy Orton fiend feud is definitely the like the top story on Raw at the moment. Uh, I, I personally feel anyway. It feels like it's getting the most main events segments. It's getting the most attention. It's certainly like going by YouTube metrics. It's the most watched thing that they is it really? I haven't seen the YouTube numbers. Oh, yeah. If there's anything involving The Fiend, Orton, and Bliss, like they're doing like crazy numbers above like most of the other stuff, unless it's like, you know, a Goldberg return, they are doing 
insane numbers like really really big that probably and, explains why they keep on doing these like crazy segments they're like ah people are watching exactly yeah and it's so like they are just sort of like they're going with what the trends are and so she's been involved in this and then like on this past monday's raw she beat Asuka, the raw women's champion in a very very strong win like debuting this brand new character the lights go out we go to an ad break we come back and she's in a completely different outfit she's now got like dark lipstick on her i think you made the uh the comment I that made a joke. If <laughs> i was like who would have thought that black lipstick was going to give you powers this whole entire time I mean, I don't know that was really thought. the only like major difference that i noticed from her like i know she changed like the rest of her self but like the thing that was most noticeable to me was the black lipstick yeah, I mean, I don't know if you did through our, our raw review, but I, clearly I'm not the most observant person. I didn't realize she changed. I, I didn't realize that she, I, I, I noticed that she was wearing, I, I thought she was wearing lipstick the entire time. And it was only no, until like, the commentary were going, like, you, she's different. I don't yeah, blame I you. I, I actually went back and I went to go make sure before I tweeted that out. I was like, I don't want to look like a fool. So let me double check. <laughs> I went back and I saw like a little clip that WWE had put, you know, their little social clips that they post. I saw one of her walking and yeah, she had like, she didn't, she just kind of had like her regular, regular lip color. Like she didn't have actual color. And then she had the black, but it was very obvious because they had such a short amount of time to do it. I think that it was done very like sloppy. So you can see like all like the lines and stuff. So I knew that it had been done. Like, I don't know. Like that's how I noticed it because it wasn't done good. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I just assumed that there was a pre-tape thing because yeah, like, they, they had her change even... back afterwards. Yeah, but I think they might have just, I don't know if they've done it, like did it like that purposely so that it wouldn't look like it or they just didn't like do her lipstick properly because they did it like, it looked like it was done really fast. Right, okay. I'm, I've never applied lipstick uh, myself, so uh, it I- It takes time, Luke. <laughs> it takes time. You got to like follow the lines, make sure you don't get out of the line. If you do, you got to come in with a Q-tip. You got to clean <laughs> that stuff off and then you got to, you know, fix it because no matter how hard you clean, it still stays like a little stain there. It's terrible. Oh, man, it sounds like too much work. Um, but yeah, so she beat Asuka like with this new gimmick. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Asuka, who I think pretty much since the Banks and Bailey feud in the summer has had nothing to do with the title. Like it's been a complete afterthought for her. She had a couple of title defenses against um, Zelina Vega and Lana and Mickey James, but they all went like a handful of minutes. It never felt like it was a proper feud. So she's just sort of been the, she's been the, the backstep, like the third wheel to the Lana Nia Jack storyline. Now she feels like she's the third wheel to Charlotte and now she's just been beaten by Alexa Bliss. So I get the feeling we're not long for a Asuka title loss. Like, I think we, we are very much heading down that road where she's going to lose the title pretty soon. And if I was to make a guess, I think it will probably be to Alexa Bliss. I, okay, so... I first thought that they were going to go the route of having her lose the belt to Charlotte because I really did think they were going to end up having that belt go to Rhea Ripley. But now this direction that they're going, I think that they could go either or direction. Like they could give it to Alexa Bliss. But then I almost feel like, I don't know, like if Alexa Bliss is with this character, if it's going to like, do you think it's going to work? Yeah, it's the Fiend problem all over again, isn't it? it was like, right. It's exactly the same thing, just with a girl now. Exactly, yeah, when The Fiend debuted and like he was going for the, the, the title against Seth, I think a lot of people were like, well, I don't think The Fiend really needs the title at the moment. Like, yeah, he's the hottest act in the company, but I don't think he needs the title. And even when he won it last year from Braun, it's like, I don't think he 
he doesn't need the title that he only held on to for like a handful of weeks and then lost it to Roman Reigns, who I, I feel is a character that does need the title. I think like Roman having the title elevates that character. Alexa Bliss and The Fiend having the belt doesn't elevate their characters. Exactly. Like it, that belt would mean so much more on somebody like Rhea Ripley, just because, again, it would just do so much more for her. So I thought that that was the direction that they were heading in. Now, that's still the direction I hope that they'd be heading in. But obviously, you know, we could I could be wrong. So uh, I personally don't think I would want to see the belt on Alexa Bliss right now. I just can't see it really working for her again. Like we just said, I do think like we'd see the whole thing with the fiend play out all over again, except the female version instead now. And I kind of really felt bad for Asuka because had she been booked pretty well up until this point, that loss with Alexa Bliss wouldn't have necessarily hurt her. It would have been like, oh okay, cool, like this works for Alexa Bliss's new character. But because Asuka hasn't been booked very well, uh, not even very well, she hasn't been booked great at all. At times, she hasn't even been booked like a champion or as a champion to defend her title. Um, and Talk tweeted out how many days it had been since uh, she even had a defense, uh, she had defended her title. And I think it was like 58 days or something like that. And I'm thinking like how- a few months. Right. And I'm thinking, how fast did that even go? Like the time flew by. But seriously, though, they I feel bad for Asuka. I think it's done. Like I have no more hopes for her reign. Like she has to something has to happen. She needs to clean. She needs a clean slate right now because right. It's just not it's not working out for her as champion. And that's obviously not her fault. We already know that. But it's just that they haven't given she hasn't had any credible challengers. That's the problem. Like she's suffering from like what Drew McIntyre was suffering with after he won the title. He didn't have anyone to defend the title against. He didn't have any noteworthy challengers. So that's exactly what was happening with Asuka. Yeah, I, I, I really feel bad for Asuka in all of this. And I feel like it's the story of her main roster run, which is that like they put the title on her and we all get really excited. It's like, ah, finally, now we're going to pull the trigger on Asuka. And then they're like, yeah, but we're not really interested. So we're just going to pull that rug, put the title back on Charlotte or put the title back onto whoever. And like, I figured that we were going to, like when they won the tag titles in particular, we were going to do, how can they possibly coexist as champions? And we will move forward and we'll have Asuka, it's like Charlotte Flair will win the Rumble and it'll be Asuka Charlotte at WrestleMania. It's a rematch of WrestleMania 34. Like they'll do this whole big deal. Like, you know, she ended the undefeated streak. But now with this whole Bliss thing, I almost feel like we're going to get Bliss at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane because Bliss is in the Rumble. So I don't think they're going to have a match at, uh, next Sunday. So maybe a match at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, Bliss beats Asuka for the title, and then you do Charlotte versus Asuka. Uh, so, um, Charlotte versus Bliss for the title at WrestleMania once um, Flair wins the Rumble. That's also a possibility. But yeah, you're right. Like I, The other side of it, so where, like, are they going to do the Rhea Ripley thing? Like, Are we going to go back to that storyline that we sort of did start last year? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, do you think that we could see Bliss win the title? Like, I know we don't particularly want to, but do you think she could win it and we'll do Bliss Flair at Mania? Well, could could she? Yeah, I mean, they could do whatever they want. But then you also have to think, like, Rhea Ripley just had that big, you know, that big match with Raquel. And the way that that ended, that was like her farewell, you know, her, her farewell. And so I'm fully expecting to see her at the Royal Rumble. Like, I'm fully expecting that. And, you know, I maybe if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be seriously bummed out. But she's not only am I expecting her to show up, I'm actually expecting her to win because I really do want them to go that Rhea Ripley Charlotte route. And the 
this whole with Alexa Bliss getting in on this, it kind of like, oh man, like I don't like that it might be an alternative because I don't really care for wanting to see Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. That to me isn't the WrestleMania main event for the women. I it, they would have to do, I mean, obviously they have plenty of time for me to get invested in that storyline, but right now it's not it. I'm not invested in seeing Charlotte versus Asuka at WrestleMania. I'm not interested in that either. Like, really, I think that my interest is definitely in Charlotte versus Rhea. It's not Charlotte Alexa, not Charlotte Asuka, not Asuka Alexa, unless they actually, you know, built up something, some sort of interest for this. Yeah, there's a lot of interest in this year's Royal Rumble because, I mean... Bianca Belair, I still think, is a top contender to win the Rumble this year. Like from like from the SmackDown side of things, I think from the Raw side of things, we've got like a couple of options that you certainly could go with. But SmackDown does also have its options, so I think it's going to be a really interesting Rumble this year. Like not just for the women, but for the men as well. This feels like it's the first time in a while that we've had a Rumble where it's like, yeah, I don't really know who's going to win the Rumble this year, and that's that's actually as a fan, that's really exciting. That's so true. But then it could be kind of scary because then it could go to somebody that you're like, oh, this person won. Because, you know, last year we talked about the fact that, you know, Drew McIntyre winning. Like, yeah, it was, you know, the, the person that people wanted and some people could have said it was predictable. But because the Rumble was so good, it didn't matter because, you know, everybody got that, you know, that OMG moment with Drew McIntyre actually winning. But now I like the fact that there's options and I kind of hope we see somebody that like, it's somebody you're like, you're, you're excited to see. Like, I don't want to be bummed out about the Royal Rumble, like the winner for the men. Like there's been so many rumbles where I was legit bummed out about the winner. And I don't feel like that should be the outcome. Like it's the most exciting pay-per-view. And so, you know, you've got to have somebody that's actually going to get you excited. Like, oh man, like he actually won. Like, this is great. Not somebody you're like, oh, this guy won. And you know how many rumbles I felt like that? Where I was like, oh, this guy and it was an interesting dude i've literally just like so we've got a uh, an actually good video which you're going to be a part of um on the royal rumble um and i had to relive through that dark period that sort of like nearly 10 years we had of just like rumble was like oh god this guy and like i, I went back and i rewatched the end of them and i was like reliving those disappointments was Wait, did you have any major disappointments where you're like yeah. oh what the heck the 2017 Rumble when Randy Orton wins is a real just like, oh, God, what again, again with Randy. And because I didn't think like him and Bray didn't need that, like their feud didn't need the title. So I was really bummed out about that. But the ones that like it's the 2014 to 2015 ones that still really sting because that's the one where like 2014 everyone's so into Daniel Bryan and he's not even in the Rumble and it's Batista. But it's the year after where they put him in the Rumble and then eliminated him in 10 minutes. And then it was like a couple of that. And then Roman Reigns comes out and you're like, oh, okay. Right. So this is the direction we're going. Cool. Great. So it, yeah. turns, it turns out it doesn't matter what we think. And like, that was like a real moment where it was like, we don't care what you think. This is what you're getting. Exactly. And I hate that. I hate that. Like, I remember when the final two men were uh, Jericho and Sheamus. Was it 2012? Yeah. 2012. Yeah. Oh, and I was such a big Jericho fan. Oh, I really wanted him to win the Rumble. Like, I thought that was going to be it. So I was, I remember being very disappointed when, uh, when Sheamus won. I remember being disappointed when Alberto Del Rio won. I think I was just disappointed in that one. Like, overall, I just wasn't excited about that Rumble. 
yeah uh, anyway so uh, we'll, we'll, that's a that's a topic for another yeah time. we went off topic <laughs> already we're back and we're already off topic just wait till we get to the mailbag um one of the other things last thing i wanted to say on the uh, the alexa bless asker stuff is we had a lot of um uh, hyper chats come in on our raw review that were just like man it says a lot about wwe when hikaru shida is being booked way better as a champion than asker is and i'm like oh i mean is it do you agree with that no i completely disagree with that i think that they're on par uh maybe (laughs) even maybe even worse for hikaru shida because yeah, it, it hasn't been good for either. No, it was worse for Hikaru Shida because at least when, or in Asuka's early reign, there was times where she was pulling double duty. I know at SummerSlam and another pay-per-view, she had two matches on the card. Yeah, so I, I, as I said, I think the summer months were really, really good. But like for ever since that Banks and Bailey feud ended, like it's been pretty much a sort of a desert for Asuka. Like there were times where like she, I, I forget that she's the champion because... She's done so little with the belt. So it's a real shame. But yeah, I think lastly, on Alexa Bliss, I think that WWE are like really strong behind this gimmick. I think they're really, really interesting. I feel like they've got something. I think they feel like they've got something really special. And I can see them going full force with this and putting the title on her, whether that's at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane or... But yeah, I could see her being a big focal point of uh, WrestleMania in, in the coming months. I think they do have something really special with Alexa Bliss. And the reason for that is because she's playing the character very well. Like she's got all the skills and she's, you know, she's has that thing that is uh, that's attractive for all types of audiences, like not just for the men like, oh, she's cute. We want to root for her. She has that uh, that likability that people like Lita had that you're like, oh, that's the cool girl that I want to be. Like, that's the person that I look up to. So she not only, you know, attracts, you know, male fan bases, she also attracts the female fan bases because you look up to somebody like a cool character like Alexa Bliss. And that was one of the things that always made me a fan of Alexa was that she had something unique, something different, something that necessarily wasn't your typical, you know, blonde bombshell. And I hate to be, you know, pointing out, pointing fingers at the blondes, but that's obviously like the very un- blonde bombshell is not relatable whatsoever. So, you know, having a character like Alexa Bliss, like those Lita's characters, like people like that, it's people that you tend to like, you know, really start liking. So uh, Alexa Bliss has that. She has that and she has this cool thing with this character, something that we haven't really seen another female do before. So uh, they do have something special with Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Um, right. So let's look at the uh, the ratings for Dynamite and NXT very quickly. Uh, both shows were up this week after uh, last week where it took a uh, bit of a dip. Uh, so AEW drew 854,000 viewers, a 0.36 rating in the key demographic. And um, NXT did 659,000 viewers with a 0.15 in the demographic. Uh, so yeah, both shows were up from last week, which is obviously a very good sign. Uh, what did you make of both shows? So on my show, on my podcast, you know, usually at the top of the stream, I always kind of go over like which show is better, just like really quickly before we break everything down. Like, oh, this was a show that was superior for this week. And I was very surprised that this was probably the first week where I had a lot of people in the chat basically saying they did not like AEW. They thought AEW was a bad show. And it was kind of surprising to me because there has been, there have been some not so great AEW shows and people still love them. So I almost kind of felt like people wouldn't actually 
call them out on having a bad show. And people were calling them out on having a bad show this week. And I was actually kind of taken aback by that. Like I didn't know how to react. And here's the thing too, is that I had to agree. I didn't think that AEW Dynamite was that great this week. I actually thought that NXT was the good show this week. And I think that they're finally moving in the right direction. They're finally uh, building a very strong roster. Uh, Their main event guys are literally top notch. Like when you go and you look at all the different opportunities, the different feud storylines that Finn Balor as champion can do that he can have. It's like completely like night and day between the difference between like raw, even SmackDown doesn't have as many options as Finn has right now in NXT as champion. So uh, I was, um, I think that NXT was the best show this week, but again, that changes each and every single week in terms of the ratings. I didn't think the AEW number was that bad considering that, Considering that, you know, people were, I know the inauguration was like early in the day. So I don't know if that really affected people because that was early in the day. So I'm not sure how that played out. Yeah, I think there might be like people tuning in for news coverage of it. Like I know the inauguration day is like it's a really big deal uh, over in the states. Uh, happy inauguration day uh, the other the other day as well. Um, I've been really enjoying all the Bernie memes of him. Oh my gosh, they're there. everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so like I, I thought that there might be a, quite a lot of the news coverage would be like because people would be like, you know, here's my analysis of the day and things like that. But so I'm really so I'm really happy to see that both shows did did really well and did, you know, drew better numbers than they did last week. Uh I've got to agree with you as well. Like I, I thought AEW was a good, like a, a solid show this week. Like I don't think it was like a bad show because there was nothing on it that made me go like, oh god, that's terrible. But it also wasn't like a blowaway show. Like, yeah, I think I think the reason why people were very much down because they were down on it on our shows as well was, you know, it was the private party top flight six man because they had quite a lot of mistimed spots and, and botches within there. That really brought people down. And then Jericho missed like not uh, bolting up his lion salt. I think that just killed it off for everyone. Everyone was like, nope, this show is done. I'm, I'm, I, this show is the dead. The Cody you know? Peter Avalon thing. That was not, yeah. I mean, the that was not good whatsoever. No, it wasn't. So there was a lot of things that were not good. Although I did love the opening segment very much. Yeah. Oh God, that made me smile so, so much. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Um, but anyway, right, let's get into the mailbag. We've actually got two weeks worth of mailbag as well, because we didn't do one last week when we had Dave Bradshaw on uh, the episode. So if you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount. Leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Bad at my job. Also, this episode is sponsored by beer beer52.com forward slash rust talk go get free case of craft beer there's eight craft beers in there you also get a little gourmet snack and a magazine that is really really cool i've got my box here it's all ready for the royal rumble oh look at it oh look yeah it. you're ready for the rumble i'm ready for the rumble um i sampled this one yesterday on the aew stream metamorphosis from kaiju beer and it's bloody delicious so yeah go over there russell talk uh beer52.com forward slash russell talk get your free case of craft beer on us robert ray is up first in the mailbag i saw denise tweeted what's your favorite wrestling theme to sing and she said it was kurt angle's tna theme my question oh, yeah. is, what's the one wrestling theme you hear, you have to sing along with it. For me, it's Stone Cold's Disturbed theme or Randy Orton's Burn In My Light. Um, so if yours is the Cat Angle TNA theme, my two are um, Edges um, are the Metalingus. Oh my song. God, everyone loves that song. Like, everybody was commenting that song. That's because it's brilliant, Denise. It's a great, I, I, I love it so much, I nearly swore then. And it's such a great song. <laughs> I like it, words. but I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far to say I love it. I think That's I love so many others more. But it's so much fun to sing as well. On this day, has to clearly. It's great. Uh, <laughs> hey, you have a great voice. Oh, thank you very much. The YouTube comments always disagree with you, but it's, it's fine. Like, oh, people hate it when I sing on these shows because I always do. Like, I, I, because I grew up in like you know a grunge era, so I'm, I always get like the Eddie Vedder like hey, 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 style of singing. Yeah, I was gonna say your, your singing voice doesn't necessarily match you. 
Like I wouldn't have pictured that being your singing voice. Like you have a, you have like a, like, I don't know what the right word is. You have like a, in the throat. Right, right. It comes out. Like I wouldn't expect that to be your, like your vocals. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's also as well, but I feel like I just do impressions of singing as well. Like I don't, I don't know what my actual singing voice is because I just sing like the people who are singing the song. Uh, Anyway, so it's either that (laughs) or. um, You got to find your singing identity. What's your identity, Luke? What is my singing identity? Um, and the other one is AJ Styles' uh, TNA theme. The you are, you are. I am so I glad am. you said that one and that you didn't say the WWE one because I hate his WWE theme song and I love his TNA songs. Like, love it, love it. Oh, you don't like, they don't want none. They no, don't want none. no, I don't like it. Like, my pet peeve, when it comes to wrestling theme songs is if the theme song doesn't match the wrestler to me, that doesn't match the wrestler. Cause okay. When I was a kid, I used to think that the wrestlers sang their theme songs because (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not, because if you notice a lot of the times, like the singers, like they tend to match like the wrestler's voice, like sort of Mm -hmm. sometimes. And so I always thought that they sang their theme songs. So like that always stuck with me, not that they sang their theme songs, but for me, I'm like, they have to match, like they have to match the person's voice and that doesn't match AJ style. So I just, I, I don't know. It's a thing. I don't like the song. <laughs> you can hate me all you want. I don't care, but no, seriously. I think it's a good song. The other one that's always really fun to sing as well is uh, Christian's theme when he went sing, uh, when he was a solo star, the Christian, Christian, at, at last. last. You're on, you're on. It's also funny. Dwayne the Gronk Johnson. Uh, I heard uh, Mr. Davis and Pete talk about their predictions for the Royal Rumble on a podcast. One of the scenarios discussed was that Goldberg beats Drew while Brock returns to win the Rumble. It sounds really ridiculous, mm-hmm. which is why I think WWE will do it. I now think that this will be the main event of WrestleMania. What are your guys' pick for the WrestleMania main event? All right. Um, okay. So earlier I said Charlotte Rhea. If there's a crowd, well, well, there is going to be a crowd. Uh, I would even, not for the main event, but I think we might even see Triple H AJ. I think that could be a possibility. Oh, that's a really good shout. And then for the men, I just don't know. I can't pick for the men just yet. I think you and Sean were talking about like that Daniel Bryan is like a potential to win the Rumble this yeah, year. Yeah, everybody's saying Bryan Daniel Bryan. Me, like, I like Daniel Bryan, but I don't think he's at the top of my list to actually where I want to see him win. Mm, I mean, I wouldn't mind, yeah. it. I'm not going to hate the idea. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It. What about you? I, I'm really, as I said, like we said earlier in the show, I'm so torn on Rumble. Like last year, and, uh, you know, we were talking about like how we kind of like always pretty sure we know. Like the last couple of years, I feel like I've always been pretty sure. Like uh, last year, I was so sure it was Roman Reigns and it was uh, Shayna Baszler winning. I was so, I was cocksure those two were winning. The year previous, I was so sure it was going to be Seth and Becky. The year previous, I was so sure it's going to be Shinsuke and Asuka. This year, I'm going into, I'm like a week out from the Royal Rumble and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think it's anyone, and I don't feel like it's anyone from Raw though. I How feel like it it's a gonna week be... though. Is it really a week till the Rumble? Yeah, it's a week Sunday. Like I am, um, I think it's going to be a, someone from SmackDown that is going to win. Like, I know the biggies, the the odds on favorite, but I don't think like the bookies really mean anything until like the day of. I don't think so it's I... going to be Biggie. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Biggie either. But like, I I do think it is going to be someone from SmackDown. And if it is someone from SmackDown, then my my I'm kind of sliding towards Daniel Bryan. Hmm. 
I don't know, but I can't believe that the rumble is in a week. Like what the hell? Like this, this January went by pretty fast. This is the fastest January of my life. Usually uh, January is a slow month. I know. Yeah. And particularly it's like a five week month. You're waiting for payday, um, which is what I'm currently waiting for at the moment. Uh, it's not told next week. Uh, Ket, so thank you for reminding me. I'll send Ollie my invoice. <laughs> Uh, what's up guys big show has had some bad finishes the final cut and the alley-oop between them which one is the worst that is a great question uh, I, th I think for me it's the alley-oop because it looks like it's an accident it just it looks like it just goes wrong <laughs> <laughs> it just goes wrong it does because he just gets him in a powerbomb position and then falls backwards like it looks like it's a mistake yeah, you know what? Now that you put it that way, I agree with you. I will. I will go with that too. Also, it's called the alley oop. Like it's it's not exactly the most threatening name in the world, is it? I'm going to hit you with the alley oop. Yeah, no, not threatening whatsoever, especially for a man of that stature. Statue, <laughs> stature. <laughs> you were right the first time. <laughs> was I right the first time? I was like stature. Wait, what did I say? What was it again? Statue. You said stature, and then corrected yourself to statue, and then went back to stature. <laughs> I was like, "What is it? Stature? No, it's stature, right?" It is. Yeah. Oh my Timothy god, stature. I forgot. <laughs> I was like, "Stature, statue." <laughs> Great, another word Denise Salcedo cannot say. What is sure. up, man? This is, this, did, did you did you have public education system learning or did you go to like a private school i went to a public school uh yeah oh, very wow. much went to a public school uh no no private school education for me that's why i feel like i'm a bit thick and um but like you know i i, I wasn't an academic child like i i, I tell the story a fair number of times i was not a good school shield i a, my my brother was like really good at school. He was really academic, did really well in his tests and everything like that. I was awful. I, I, I could not focus. I, during like the period of time when you're supposed to like really be revising for your exams, like my GCSEs and my A-levels, I just didn't revise at all. I went into one of my A-level um, uh, English literatures uh, exams on a book that I hadn't read because I read the first chapter and I was like, nah, I'm not into this book. So and you never got it. better? Not really. No, I did not get better when I got to university either. I, I basically like I I scraped through school. Like I did just well enough in my GCSE so I could get to do my A levels, and then I did just enough, just well enough in my A levels so I could get to university, and then I did just well enough at university to not fail. You're you stress me out. Oh my god, you stress <laughs> me out. I I was a good student. Like in high early my high school years, I wasn't that great of a student, but like late high school and all through college, I was a a plus well maybe like b b b b b and a student maybe not a plus all the time but I, I i worked hard like i was like nah i need to do good i need to like it got in my head like i cried one time because i got a b in science and i could not have it i was so depressed oh, my wife is the same thing because like, my wife was like a star student like she like we, we when we talk about a gcse results she's like yeah i got like 11 a stars or like 11 10 a stars and an a and she was furious that she didn't get like the the, the yeah. four Yes. and i was like oh i got four b's one c three d's and a u i failed one <laughs> of my exams <laughs> you know what like unless it's math i don't blame you but wait what did you fail uh graphics because i can't draw so i i, but I, <laughs> I had to take like, why would you take graphics if you can't draw 
because I didn't want to do woodwork. So I, I didn't want to do, I wish I'd done woodwork, really. I didn't want to do woodwork. I didn't want to do, I think it was like soldering or something. I was like, uh, and I didn't want to do that. So I did graphics because my mates were doing it. And so I just, I just picked that and I can't peer draw. So it, I think it was peer pressure. They weren't like, you should take it. I was like, no, I've got to take this because I want to hang out with my friends in class. So <laughs> it was a clear case of FOMO. I think it probably was because I'd have been on my own in woodwork and I'd have hated that. So uh, I did graphics and I can't draw. So I got you. My dad said I probably got the most marks for writing my name on the exam. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, I nearly dropped out of university as well in my first year because I didn't like pass. Like, like with, with university in my first year, I just had to, you just had to get a 40% grade. What did you grade. stand for though? The uh, U, uh, unclassified or something? Or oh, we get an I for incomplete. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe it's like, yeah, it's something like that. It's it basically, yeah, it's like the lowest mark you can possibly get. Um, so, you know, it wasn't great. And then, you know, at A-level, I got a C and two E's. I got a C in drama and an E in English lit and an E in... Is an E, like an E's like worse than an F? Uh, yeah, <laughs> e, e is the lowest mark. E is the lowest mark you can get. Unless right. it's we never did E's, so I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you missed out in the 90s. Um, but yeah, like E's like the lowest grade you can get um, before a U, I think. I'm pretty sure oh, that's how okay. it works. But yeah, I was not an academic child. Um, but it's okay. Shame, shame, shame. I know your I'm name. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I couldn't study. Final Fantasy VII wasn't going to complete itself. Like, I had, like, that That had to be my focus. I couldn't Wait, study. Wait, did you say Final Fantasy? Yeah, Final Fantasy VII. It was a game on the oh, PlayStation. Okay. Was like massive. I was like that. That was what I did in my in my evenings was play that game. I w I had an obsession with MySpace, and I still found time to study <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Dude, I I I did all of my stuff in a, in an age before MySpace, like in an age before social media. If I had social media, I'd have done oh. even less studying than I did, and I did nothing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sean Dunn, uh, your content has been fantastic. You can see how hard everyone's been working. No question. Just a big thank you for helping me and my mental health by keeping WrestleTalk going. Thank you so much, Sean. That's really kind of you to say. Um, Reese says, I was thinking about past Royal Rumbles and something I realized and I missed and I kind of hope they bring back is the Tombola. I always enjoyed seeing wrestlers backstage pulling numbers and reacting. All little is stories. Is that what it's called? A Tombola? Yeah, yeah, it's a Tombola. Oh. What I just you, call it the spinning thing. <laughs> the golden spinning thing. I even tweeted about this. I was like, they need to bring this back. I completely agree. Yeah, it's a tombola. Uh, or storyline bits such as Eddie Guerrero stealing Ric Flair's number. We'd love to get your opinions. Um, and would you like to see it back, particularly this year? So I feel there's a lot of fun things to be done with Sonya maybe using her position of power to swap people's numbers after Adam Pierce is taken out. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love all of that stuff anyway. Like people going around and picking their numbers or like fighting for number spots. I always, I, I like that from I was like, you got to fight for the number thirty spots. And yeah, and people going backstage. Oh man, I can't believe I got that number. It's like okay, okay, I've got that number. I can work with that. I love that. I want it back so much. But I, I, I don't. I just, I called it the little spinning thing. That's what it was. I was like, I need the spinning thing back. I am. Um, I mean, I, I said this at the time as well, but I think it is hands down the worst thing that AEW has ever done is that they determined a tag team match with a Tom Bowler. You know, the young, I was the young bucks. Like they had all the tag teams in the ring. This is how they set up the young bucks versus FTR. They had all the tag teams in a ring and then they oh, just yeah. drew numbers from a Tom Bowler. I was like, what the, what the that didn't this? make sense. Did you have a ranking system? Like use the ranking system. What the hell were you bringing out a Tom Bowler for? This ain't the Royal Rumble. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I completely agree with you. That was a terrible segment, terrible idea. Uh, Brian Moore, uh, thank you very much for your concept design that you've sent in for the uh, the official WrestleTalk Jam That Championship. Uh, we are getting, well, it's always been a plan that we're going to get like a proper Jam That Championship done, but we uh, we're going to wait for the right time to do it. Maybe we'll wait until we're back in the office, but we are going to get one done. But thank you very much for your design. Uh, Callum says, what TV shows do you recommend everyone should go and watch? For me, it's Lost and 100. Genuinely, both great shows. Lost, man. Lost was good. I mean, it wasn't good in the end, but Lost was good. Um, must watch shows. I Love Lucy. You have to watch I Love Lucy. Like, there's no going around it. That's a classic. And that that started so much. Like, so many of the storylines that I saw in Lucy, like, played out in, like, every other show that I ever watched. But, like, you know, different versions of it. I would say that would be, like, the number one that everybody has to watch. Yeah, and I'm always going to say The Twilight Zone. It's my favorite show of all time. You know, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to say The Twilight Zone. Bloody love it. That and uh, and if you are into if you're into that sort of thing, the Ducktales reboot is excellent. Very <laughs> the Ducktales reboot, dude, it's so good. It's amazing. I'm very sad that it's come to an end, um, but yeah, it's great. Uh, Duncan J. It says with the new AJ Styles documentary coming to the network, I was curious. Do you think AJ has done his best work in WWE, TNA, or New Japan? I would definitely say TNA 100%. That's where he really grew to become like a great worker. And like some of my favorite matches that like he had that I really, really love were with Jerry Lynn. Like those were some of my favorite, favorite matches. But like he did so much stuff with like Loki, Christopher Daniel, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle. I mean, the list really goes on and on. The, the type of opponents that he was having, I'm sorry, the type of opponents he had and the type of matches that they were having were at another level. Yeah, I'd say TNA for me as well. Like that—that's where I first discovered AJ Styles, and like just Same. instantly, instantly fell in love with him. Like it was, you know, the Ultimate X matches. I could watch him wrestle Christopher Daniels all day long. Like it's just—it's—it's it's sublime stuff. So yeah, I'm always going to pick TNA. That TNA TNA AJ is my AJ. Like that's my favorite one. Same. Uh, Alex Kirkman says, uh, first of all, massive pat on the back to you and Chopper for the AEW review of the Brody Lee episode. It was simply amazing how you got through it. I'll never know. Your review did sir, the, the show justice. So thank you. Thank you very much, Alex. That was not an easy show to review. Um, secondly, what do you think about the small amount of criticism WWE got for not doing the 10 bell salute? I think it was massively uncalled for. And I think WWE were respectful in their own way. Brody Lee was an AEW wrestler. So I believe WWE, rightfully so, showed a huge amount of respect by not being the first company to cash in on the time honor tradition which could have been easily done i think wwe have shown a great deal of respect for brody his family and aew the criticism is unjust i completely agree with that i thought that the fact that they allowed aew to do it first was the right call and we already knew aew was going to do it so you kind of don't want to take that away and they i mean aew went above and beyond really everything that they've done which like they did an amazing job but um I think that WWE did a good job in their own way and how they honored him. And even just having like the wrestlers come out and pay little tributes to him in their own special way was the best way to go about it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, I, 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 it would have been nice for them to do like a video package or something, but they've done the video packages. They just did them online and they've done like some social media stuff where the wrestlers have got to like tell their Brody Lee story. So I think they have done it. They've just done it in their, their own different way. And I think that I think you're right. Like I think yeah, allowing AEW to be the people to do the ten bell salutes and to do the big tribute show, I think it was was the right call. Yeah. 
Uh, Kevin, do you think that NXT is still a good way to prepare talent for the main roster? When I look at the ratings and overall feedback, I feel like NXT call-ups never connect with the casual audience, especially in the COVID era. They want legends, big names, and never get invested in new talent. Of course, NXT fans will always be behind them, but I feel like we're a vocal minority. Can NXT still be a developmental territory for a brand that doesn't put up the same product? Should it be called the uh, should it be the so-called third brand that does something different like WWE CW, but better? I think that's what NXT is at this point. Like NXT isn't the, it's not developmental anymore. It is just, it's the, it's what ECW was in 2010. It is just that this is the training grounds, like where we're going to like try out new characters and then move them up to Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, because it's funny because, you know, NXT, like you said, it's not doesn't really feel like a developmental place anymore, but it doesn't also feel like Raw or SmackDown either, you know, and as much as other people would like to say that it is, it really isn't like, yeah, the match quality is like way better on NXT than what you're getting on Raw and SmackDown. But when it comes to like the just the sheer like, you know, star power of the show and the shows, it doesn't compare to Raw and SmackDown. So I, it's kind of like in a spot, like they were trying to have it be equal to Raw and SmackDown, but I don't think that they necessarily pulled it off. Mm -hmm. So now I kind of feel like they're stuck in a place where they're, again, they're not development, but they're not also Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. I think the NXT sort of like, they, they sort of, present themselves as the alternative to raw and smackdown like if you're not enjoying raw you're not enjoying smackdown you've always got nxt and i think that's probably a, a good way for them to be like i don't know if we are still doing like the the calling up to the main roster i know we are still but it doesn't really feel like that anymore it always feels like a lateral move for a lot of people and it's just a shame that a lot of the nxt call-ups that go there they called up without any reason and that's where the mistake lies it's not that uh, vince doesn't get them it's like vince called them up in the first place if you don't have like a, a six month plan for someone then don't bother calling them up because otherwise they just they just get lost in the shuffle exactly like i wouldn't mind i wouldn't care who was called up as long as they were actually being utilized properly mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor from Ohio, as a huge pro wrestling fan uh, and Friends fan, I always enjoy hearing you go off on your tangents about the show on this wrestling podcast. I agree with Luke. Ross is the worst friend. He is the worst friend. He's the best. I love Ross. (laughs) Uh, This leads to my question. If you could replace the six friends from the show with professional wrestlers, who are you casting? Thanks for everything. Like always, hope you have a great 2021. That's such a hard question. Mm -hmm. But I would say like, old i was about to say old alexa bliss like alexa bliss as a person i feel like is in the sort of rachel mold you think she's a rachel i think so because she like i think rachel is a good person i think alexa bliss like as a human being is a good person uh but i don't know i think they're basing it off like their on-screen character based off their on-screen characters you're absolutely right yeah okay so you oh i got one for monica becky lynch I don't know why. It's, it's Becky. <laughs> because they're because okay, Monica's very like, this is the plan, this is what we're doing. And I feel like Becky Lynch is the kind of person who would take charge like that. They can both take charge. That's mm, what I okay. think they have in common. Yeah, okay. I suppose we've got to go with our truth for Joey because they're both the sort of like silly comedy characters. So I think that works. Um who's Ross? I was going to say, who is Ross? The other thing I was thinking about like, is I cast Daniel Sammy Bryan. Zane! Yes. <laughs> I just thought about it. I was like, Sammy Zane! <laughs> He's got to be Ross. I feel like he'd be the Ross type. Yeah, Sammy Chandler, Zane is Ross. Matt Riddle? 
No, no because Mike, no, because Mike, he's too much of a stone. Like he's Michelangelo. He'd be, more, he'd be more of a Joey. Yeah, exactly. He's more of a Joey type character. Like what you want it from like Chandler is someone who's very sarcastic, who is and, and is always making jokes. I don't think we have someone like that, do we? Do no, we have someone like, like that? No, because like you want to say, like I mean, like Bree's anger are always making jokes, but they're not like sarcastic mm. jokes. They're not sarcastic about the jokes that they're making. The only person I was thinking of, like for Phoebe, and is a bit of a gender swapping uh, role, is to cast Daniel Bryan because they're both hippies. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's a good one. Yeah, I like yeah. that. We can't cast Chandler though. Who would he Chandler's be? Up. Chandler's a hard one. I, say, I can't think of who I'm casting for Rachel either. Like that's a really. I think those are two really hard characters to cast. Alexa Bliss would probably be the closest, though. Who's like a sweetheart that like everybody loves, like a female sweetheart that everybody's like, "Oh, she's so sweet. We love her." I can't I think of anybody. Like, I can't think of like who is a sweetheart. Like I'm thinking, like I mean, everyone loves Sasha Banks, and Sasha Banks is like I mean, Rachel doesn't feel like the boss though. Like that's no, not, she's not the boss type. That doesn't work. No. I love how much thought we're. This is a fun question. <laughs> I'm really like thinking about it. Like my brain is really like working here. <laughs> yeah, that is a great question. Maybe we um, could let the viewers decide on Chandler was, and Rachel. That's what I want to see. Comments down below. Who do you think should be uh, cast as as Rachel? Oh, oh, you know, recast the ones that we've suggested as well. On the subject of friends, Marcus Sol Campbell. Uh, who's your favorite and least favorite friends guest star? I've got my favorites already locked and loaded. It's, you go uh, first because I don't have an answer. It's Brad Pitt. The uh, as the your Brad favorite. Pitt is my favorite yeah the episode when he comes back is so so funny i really really like that episode i think we hate rachel one of my least favorites <gasps> no way but it was so good because they were dating at the time like, I know, dating but <laughs> i've never really been a brad pitt fan so i'm gonna have to rank him as one of my least favorite guests i think my favorite ones were um reese witherspoon yeah. And Christina Applegate. They were that's, so funny. They would be my favorites. That's what least I was going to say. Brad Pitt. As Rachel's sisters. Yeah, those were really good. Mm -hmm. I wish we could have got an episode with all three of them. I think that would have been really great. I just they finished never watching. Did, did they? Yeah, I just finished watching the morning show um, last week. Dude, How'd you so, like it? Dude, it's so good, man. Like, it's great. I love that show. Like, I actually think that Reese Witherspoon, like, she blew Jennifer Aniston out of the water in that show. Like, she is so freaking good. Yeah, it's absolutely great. If you've got, like, an Apple TV account, check out The Morning Show. It's really, really good. God, I'll wait to see, like, another season of that show. Like, my it's wife and I were like, they're already work she's working on it. Reese, yeah, yeah, you yeah. it up that she's working on it. Oh, man. Cannot wait. Um, but yeah, so, so much money, too, off of that show. Dude, like they get paid like $2 million per episode. Yeah, because they're also um, executive producers, I think, or something like I was that. Say, and then they've got their executive producer fees, which means they'll have like all of the benefits from that. They're making bank on that show. Like it is ludicrous how much money they are making. Reese Witherspoon, like since launching, like Hello Sunshine is just like taking over. Like she is taking over Hollywood yes. TV. She is just killing it at the moment. She also has big little lies. And mm -hmm. she also did Little Fires Everywhere. I watched I all like of his... those shows. You didn't like didn't Little like Fires Little... Everywhere? No, I didn't like Little Fires Everywhere as much. I just felt like it. I felt like I was. It, 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 I was siding with the wrong people. I think. Like I felt bad for the the couple. Were you that siding with Reese Witherspoon? 
<laughs> not like, kind of in a way I was. Like, I, I was too. I yeah. was too. I, I found myself like feeling like I was on the wrong side of things, but I also felt bad for the adoption couple. But I think yeah. that's what the show wanted it to be. It didn't want things to be, you know, uh, it didn't want it to be like a right, wrong, hot versus cold thing. I think they were trying to show like the middle of like, you know, these types of arguments, how there isn't always like a wrong or right. Like it really, it's a case by case situation. Which is interesting because I like, when it finished, my wife and I, like we said to each other, like, I really feel like that show was telling me that I was supposed to side with the other character. And I really didn't. I thought that she was very much in the wrong. Yeah. Carrie Washington. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, oh, I forgot yeah, her name in the, in the show, but I think so, yeah. too. I was re- I was feeling bad for the adoption couple. Yeah, totally. But um, anyway, but um, and I, Big Little Lies, I thought was, was pretty good as well. Reese Witherspoon's amazing. Um, that that question ended up just becoming us talking about how great Reese Witherspoon is. Um, or I mean, early Reese, because I'm trying to get my wife to watch it. Have you ever seen Election? Oh, with um Matthew Brody. Brody? With, with with Matthew Broderick, yeah. Broderick, thank you. I saw that like long time ago. I don't really remember it that much. It is so, like Reese Witherspoon's so good in that film. Um, just, that guy, uh, who... just like Kevin. One more, one more. Just like Kevin with Mark Ruffalo. You gotta watch it. Have you seen it? If you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. I'll put. It, I'll add it to the watch list. Watch it. You'll love it. Uh, that guy who wants to support. Uh, since the Royal Rumble is coming soon, there's one question on everyone's mind, an aging question that everyone who likes wrestling asks themselves and has yet to find an answer. Luke Denise, how can anyone eliminate the big show? He's so big. And in case he uh, the same question for Braun Strowman. That's it. Have a great weekend. Yeah, like I think Sean said that uh, on your Raw review, the Big Show is the only guy not to have the multi-person spot eliminating him, which I was really surprised by. Me too, because I like my memory of it is like all the guys always like trying to lift his giant legs over. So I think in my mind, the goal was accomplished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess I can't remember like all his eliminations, you know? Yeah, like the one I can always think of is just it's the rock. It's the um, you know, the from the 2000 rumble. Um, yeah, so like I, with the big show, uh, I mean, uh, I think we might actually get a broad return at uh, the Royal Rumble. I can certainly see him coming back for the Rumble as like one of the surprise appearances. Show? Uh Braun, Braun Strowman. Oh, Braun. Oh, Braun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. probably. I mean, show that- too actually. Why not? Could be. I mean, he main evented WrestleMania last year, so he may as well uh, come back for the Rumble. Yeah, seriously. And he's been doing appearances, so he might as well. LJ Mickey, uh, what is the first feud storyline in wrestling that you remember you got really excited about? For me, it was Rey Mysterio winning the World Heavyweight Championship at Mania 22. Uh, for me, it's Triple H Cactus Jack. Um, the, uh, the 2000 Rumble, absolutely. Like that, I was enraptured in that storyline. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I remember being really invested in the whole there were so many but I think for me I was really invested in who was going to become undisputed champion I remember like one right yeah yeah yeah, I remember everybody was like cutting these promos like oh I'm gonna win I'm gonna win whatever right and like I just really didn't know who was gonna win like for me it was like one of those things that I was I, I ended up remembering like being really invested in like what was gonna happen yeah uh, oh man, I loved all of it. That that the two year period, absolutely loved it. Um, Christian Baltimore, hey Luke and Denise, quick question. It's not wrestling related. Just wanted to give uh, wanted Luke to give a quick review of Ready Player Two. I finished it a few days ago. Thought it wasn't bad. 
I am an unashamed Ready Player One fan. I know it's not a cool thing to be a fan of anymore because everyone has pointed out it's not a good book. And that's absolutely fine. It isn't particularly well written. I think the character is horrendous. But I kind of get a bit of a kick out of it. I've, re I've read it a couple of times. I find the adventure that uh, he goes on quite fun. Do you know Ready Player One? I thought you guys were talking about a video game. I didn't know this was a book. <laughs> it <laughs> I was like, it's a book? All right, cool. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm out on this one. Well, it is video game related. It's basically about like in the sort of future world, everyone is just locked into this virtual reality space and like the real world is sort of like dying around them. And then the, oh, the creator kind of stuff. and the creator of this virtual reality space dies and he leaves like his estate to someone who could find his Easter egg. And this Easter egg is split within this like virtual reality universe that's like all based on 80s pop culture and and things like that and like old like home computers and, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's a fun adventure. If you like D&D &D and you like video games and you like sort of like the home computer era of the the, uh, the 80s uh, or movies from the 80s, you'll probably like it, but it's not a particularly well-written book. And Ready Player Two was the sequel that came out uh, last year. Um, it was like it came out in November and I had a pre-ordered because I really wanted to read it and find out what like the next thing was. I didn't like it much though, unfortunately. I didn't like the second book much because it felt like any client sort of doubled down on the things that people didn't like about the first book and was just like, well, you don't like those? Well, here they are tenfold. Um, and he, and he almost the book explaining about the things that people didn't like from the first book. I mean, there's like a whole section that they go to this Prince planet and it is basically just like, it is just a whole chapter of just like, here are facts I know about Prince. And it's just like, just here's some stuff about Prince. Here's some more stuff about Prince. And then they go to this place, which is also about Prince. And it's like, cool, I get it. But it all like I don't feel like I'm enjoying this adventure. And I love I love Prince. Like I love the purple one. But yeah, it's I don't I'm not enjoying this adventure as much. If you so, didn't yeah. enjoy it, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. I, I'm not really into like this like adventure type of like I don't know. Whatever you're talking about, I'm not really into it. <laughs> I, I don't really know about that kind of stuff. Like I'm out on this. Like virtual reality, reality type of stuff gives me a headache. Like I'm just the only thing I could did you watch upload on Amazon? I did watch Upload on Amazon, yeah. I love that, but I hated it because I didn't like the idea <laughs> of it. I mean, the story was phenomenal, but I just didn't like I didn't like it. I didn't no. like it, but I loved it. You get what I'm trying to say here? Like I just hate thinking about living a virtual reality type of life. I'm not into that. That's kind of how I felt about Ready Player One. Like I didn't like I didn't like it, but I lit I loved it. Like it was as I and the same with Ready Player Two. It is just it's more of the same, but not as good. And it makes the characters worse. Craig, what was that noise? That was me. <laughs> I was hoping no one noticed. I was playing with my ring and I dropped it. Was it. So still. I was, I was like, like, Can I imagine it? No, I dropped it and I immediately went like, I just like posed my body up. Like, you know, like when you get caught doing something in school and you're like, oh man, I got caught. That's the second thing I've dropped on this podcast. Earlier, I was playing with something else and I, oh, I was playing with the hand sanitizer bottle and I dropped it and you didn't notice. And then I dropped the ring and you did notice. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my short review of Ready Player Two. Uh, the American Dadass, Jesse Long. Uh, while I can't say The Fiend Orton in any way moves the needle for me in terms of general uh, uh, enjoyment towards WWE as a whole, Luke and Ollie's assessment of The Feud is being booked in reverse got me thinking. Do you think that The Feud is being built towards another Firefly Funhouse match, this time focusing on Randy's career transgressions? It could address how he's uh, 
got his contract based on his lineage, a feature a return of RNN, somehow address pooping in a diva's duffel bag, then maybe ultimately feature a nice tribute to Luke Harper as a way to, uh, as he was arguably the real star in the Viper and the Family storyline. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe we'll just get a blindfold match at Fastlane. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely getting a, a five, probably the Firefly Funhouse match for WrestleMania this year will be Randy Orson. I just don't care for Randy Orton and the Fiend. They don't bring out anything good in each other. I'm out on this one. I don't. I don't. I don't even care what they do. I'm not interested. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although I'm quite interested to see Randy Orton like being very self-aware and kind of like dissecting his career. I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, and I think it will like people will it will blow people's minds as well. I think people will go absolutely nuts if they do like a like a John Cena style Firefly Funhouse where it is like this is a real dissection of the character. I think people will go nuts for it, even though I find Randy Orton to be quite boring. <laughs> See, like for me, it just depends on who he's working with. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Strang, uh, thank you for your very kind words. Uh, it's nice to see you get involved in the community. Thanks for that. Um, if you could both choose two wrestlers each, one male, one female, and book them to win this year's Money in the Bank and receive mega pushes, who would it be and why? For me, I'm going to go with Jay Uso winning the men's to further his storyline with Roman. Jay Uso would be good. Do you have any ideas? I mean, the other one that he suggested here is Io Shirai. Like, it's like bringing someone up from NXT, giving them the Money in the Bank contract, and giving them like a, a what, like to try and like make a star. Because that's what the Money in the Bank's missed, I think, for like the last few years. It's it's not making stars. They're just sort of just giving it to people. And I want to see it like given to someone who has not previously held a title, not previously held Money in the Bank, and it's using that to catapult them into the main event. Peyton Royce. Oh, that is such a great shout. For the women, I think she would need it. She needs something to like make her stand out. It's just something. Yeah, that's so, so good. I really, really like that. And I think for like the men's, I think like Alistair Black winning it. Apparently Alistair Black's coming back soon. Um, they just, that, that was according to PW Insider reported that he is coming back soon, but they, they want to sort of like, they don't really know what to do yet. So they just sort there of- There like you go. You just gave them an idea. Roll with it. <laughs> Roll with it. Win money in the bank. Um, uh, Daniel says, hello, uh, Denise and Luke. Greetings from Baltimore. Hope both is well with you. I'm writing to talk about Kenny and his All the Belt storyline, specifically with Impact. I want to say this isn't a diss or bashing Kenny. Personally, I'm not the biggest Omega fan, but I recognize that he is a draw and would bring attention to any promotion he's a part of. I find the storyline to be a bit disrespectful to Rich Swan and Impact, who have been working their butts off to elevate the promotion and make it a real player in the industry. I feel like all the... Excuse me. I feel like all the hard work would be a footnote in the end because most wrestling fans will only acknowledge Impact and their title as just one of the belts that Kenny held. Sorry for the long rant. Hope you two have a great day. Thank you for the consistent consistency. That's the thing about this AEW Impact thing. Is that what they do? Like whatever storyline they do, like the invasion thing, it's going to be a short term thing. Um, I can't see them playing this out for a very long time. Uh, I don't know if it would, I think depending on how it's done, how it's executed, I wouldn't necessarily say it's completely disrespectful, but I could see how it is disrespectful at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. I think I have to see it play out before I can uh, give like a full, uh, you know, my full thoughts on that I would have to see it happen first. And I think it's always about the end game as well. Like, yeah, Rich one may lose the title and it will just be one of the belts that Kenny holds, but that moment that Rich wins it back 
like that's a that's a pretty big deal like whoever wins the impact title back off of kenny omega gets so much more off the back of it and that helps impact and that helps so like there is there is a good end goal in this i feel but yeah like you i really want to see this to play out first but i think we're, we're quite clearly heading towards like AEW trademarked um battle for the belts um so clearly they are going to be doing a, a rich swan um kenny omega match very very soon i would have thought oof i want to see it i want to see yeah. it Give it to me. <laughs> uh, Rini says, hi, Luke and Denise. I hope your new year is treating you well so far. My question is, what theme song do you think is underrated or a theme song that people don't talk about enough? For me, I love Undertaker's ministry theme song. I absolutely loved it. It's super good. No one talks about it because his theme song, um, because of the American Badass theme songs overshadow it. That's just my take. I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, ministry taker like i've said this on multiple podcasts that's my favorite taker entrance music the metal undertaker music oh it's so good i like it because it's spooky like you legit get scared like if you took me to a cemetery and then played that song and left me alone i would cry like a baby i would cry <laughs> you know like think about that oh i'm trying to think of a song that i would like that's underrated i feel like all the songs i like are getting the proper attention that they deserve yeah i, I mean know. i mentioned aj's earlier i made i mentioned aj's earlier but i think that's i wouldn't say that's an underrated no, like, AJ, I love everyone, that loves, song. everyone loves that aj song i got it don't laugh at my answer though <laughs> do not <laughs> laugh at my answer okay it's the great Kali song <laughs> i freaking love that song the, i like i just love the great Kali's theme song don't ask me why I have it downloaded on my phone. I will listen to it like that. I love that song. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That is something I was I was not expecting. That's I, an underrated <laughs> song. That's a good song right there. If we'd have been playing That's My Line and you'd have given me like 20 questions, I never would have got to the great Carly. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so weird. I always play that song on road trips too. Like whenever I'm in a good funky like, mood, like that's the song that I'll play. Wow. I also um, really like Davari's song. I, I love I, I love that type of like that type of music. So like I like those types of sounds. <laughs> those I, my picks. I think there's some in AEW that I would probably pick. And the reason why I'm picking them like an AEW ones, because I don't think people tend to talk about the theme music from AEW. But like but I think who's like, though? But like I think Kenny's Battle Cry song is really, really great. I think Moxley's music is awesome. I really love Moxley's music. I like, I prefer, I really like Hangman Page's music, Darby's yeah. and Cody's. Darby's um, song I do actually, that's on a Spotify playlist. I really, really like that song. Yeah, that I'm, not the biggest, I'm not a big fan of Cody's song. Uh, I think I like it even less now with the, the Snoop Dogg edition. Mm. But um, but yeah, I think like Sting's entrance music is badass as well. Like that song is really, really cool. So yeah, so I think like AEW's got quite a few because because they're still a new fresh company. People don't tend to talk about that entrance music, and because WWE really have got like the foothold of this is the best entrance music for wrestlers. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think they really have. I'm telling you, whenever you have time, just play the Great Khali's theme song and Davari's, and you'll be like, oh man, she's got a point here. And our last question comes in from Peter Mullins. Uh, something struck me the other day while watching AEW and the team of the good, the bad, and the hungry. WWE used to come up with great tag team names for ran random singles guys teaming up together, and I've genuinely missed that. They seem to be bringing it back in the last few months. My question is, did you ever, can you think of a great tag team of two, uh, four two wrestlers? By way of this, here are some actual tag teams that won the WWE tag titles back in the day. 
So I this think is kind Adam of like you... and I did this one. Oh, did you do this one? Oh, right. I thought I'd seen this question before. Yeah, where you have to come up with the names for the tag teams. Right. Okay. Yeah. Peter's left it again. So I thought I could have because I listened to you guys do the podcast and I was like, yeah. and, and I went back in my notes. So I was like, I've not asked this question. So yeah, now that I read yeah, you said yeah. that. It was on the Adam and Adam show that you did, of course. Right. Well, Peter Munns, you've got your answer. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the Rustalk podcast. Please do head on over to beer52.com forward slash Rustalk. Get your free case of delicious, delicious craft beer on us. Beer52.com. The snack biscuits, by the way, are these salted pretzels, which look uh, pretzel thins, which look absolutely delicious. Oh, drop the ring again. No, you didn't hear nothing. You didn't hear nothing. You didn't hear nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. That was my stomach rumbling. I was like, mm, that no, was so was... good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no one heard nothing. I didn't hear a thing. Beer52.com forward slash Russell Go and get yourself a free case of craft beer. Enjoy the rumble. It is for UK viewers only. I am afraid. <laughs> So we were just talking then about like how we both sort of like I know you're like we're a bit of fiddlers I think like you were talking about how like you were fiddling with your ring and you dropped it and you made a, a big clattering sound I do it all the time as well but what I will say for you is you hide it so much better like because I not take, on I this take, podcast <laughs> like, I, I'm talking about, like your facial reaction like you didn't move at all like you did not move a muscle like I can't hide it like if I'm playing with my wedding ring and I sometimes just like you know pull it up onto my finger or whatever and it drops like that I will go like <laughs> and I will pull a face <laughs> to be like oh my god I dropped my wedding ring no I think I'm pretty good at like whenever I'm doing a podcast like I'm really good at whatever I'm doing like with my hands I'll try not to like make any sort of reaction to it I try to train myself you know like don't let everybody know. You could be freaking out inside your head. It's fine. But as long as you're not showing it on the air, you're okay. Um, now that I've got you uh, back on the show again, and we this is actually the first show that we've done since the launch of Denise Snell Snack Dose. Um, yes. What are your thoughts on uh, my, my, reviews, uh, my reviews I've had so far? My thoughts are that I'm very upset with your ratings. I feel some of them have not been very fair. I think you deduct points for any little thing. What? Like you deducted points on that one thing that I gave you because you couldn't find the spoon. Like how is that the candy's no. fault? No, no, I gave it points because I found the spoon. Oh, I thought you I, I, points. No, I gave it points because I was going to, like, I I didn't realize that it had a spoon with it. And I was like, this is a pain in the ass to eat. Like, this is really difficult. But then when I found the spoon, I was like, oh, this is actually very easy to eat. That's on me. I made the mistake. So I added points onto the score. Okay. Well, either way, I feel like you haven't given anything a 10 out of 10 yet. And I think I that... Have. What did you give the 10 out of 10? I no, I you did not. I, You've I done did. like eight out of ten. No, dude, I did because Jack the Jobber sent me a message being like, "That's a bit soon to be busting out a 10. I'm gonna. Find no, out. I have not I seen the ten. Ten out of ten. Um, Fritos, the chili cheese uh, cor flavored corn chips. I wrote, tastes like Doritos. Subtle cheese flavor. Effing delightful. Ten out of ten. Heart and eyes Ooh. emoji. <laughs> I take my words back. I take them back. You know, those chili cheese Fritos, they deserve a 10, though. They are an underrated chip. They're not very popular, but once you discover them, they are bomb. 
dude they're so good and i have been saving like um i haven't done a review for them yet but oh no i did the sour ones didn't i the sour straw things you I'm did really, yeah really you did the it. sour punch ones you said Probably they didn't. weren't sour enough they were not sour enough my wife thought they were like really sour at the start but didn't it didn't last but we've oh, been saving the um the the sour gum worms because the like, trolley the trolleys because my wife has she had those when she was in america she said they're absolutely amazing so we've been saving those and i've been saving that big bag of um chips that you gave me which is like you said don't have too many of them because it gives you an upset stomach oh the thackies yes, yes. i can't wait for you to have the masafanis that's the the circle ones with the little rows in the front the ones i told you oh. to be careful when you open them i've been waiting for your review on those ones because if they do not get a 10 I can't promise you that I will be on this podcast <laughs> after that. I will leave. I'm going to send in my resignation and be like, nope, because Luke did not give those Masapanas a 10 out of 10. They, you know what? They I, even deserve more than that. Oh, well, I mean, I will do those ones today then. That's, I was actually looking at which one I was going to do today. I had to take a bit of time off from doing it because I had such a bad toothache. Like over, oh my God, like, you said you had two stuff done. Yeah, in the in like just after Christmas, like uh, into the new year, I had really bad toothache. I've had to have a tooth taken out. Like, Ooh. yeah, that was like, that was my new year's gift to myself was I had to go get a tooth taken out. So I've, I've had to like really hold off on doing like eating lots of sweet stuff. Cause I don't want to aggravate it. Right. Yeah. But now it's fine. Now it's okay. The, the tooth is gone. <laughs> the pain is gone. <laughs> now so, you can continue messing up your dental work and just eat more candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I've, 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 me and my wife, we went shopping the other week Well, I went shopping and, uh, I have got all of like the stuff to send across to you. I'm taking it to the post office tomorrow morning. I'm so, so excited. It is a full ass box. Like it is a big box I, I i've i didn't i've spent you know a, a, a good amount of money on it but i think it's gonna cost me an absolute fortune to send it across i feel so bad you didn't have to oh my god no i did no, I, did. I did we've been talking about can this you add it to this. Like your, can you add it to like your reimbursements and get like wrestle talk to reimburse you it's a, it's a business expense like we've been talking about this since you were, yeah we've been talking about this since you were first on the show that we were gonna, I was gonna send you across some like British snacks. So now is the time, and I've gone all out, man. I hope you've got. I hope you like your snacks because there are a buttload of snacks coming your way. What should I call it? Um, I can't. I don't know. Luke, snack, <laughs> snowins, <laughs> snackowins, <laughs> snook, snook. I mean. You've, you've got some time. It's going to be a little while before it gets to you. So you've got some time to the workshop there. Um, I will. Someone, asked, someone sent me in a, a hyper chat yesterday on the AEW stream about the T-shirt that you got on uh, the Raw podcast you did with Sean this week. But it wasn't a T-shirt that you got. It was a T-shirt that Sean got. Yes. Yes, there is a T-shirt now. Well, <laughs> Sean was gifted a T-shirt from a fan that basically said that I'm like the biggest Kanye West fan or something like that. And I did not see it coming. No, I was <laughs> not a fan. And I'm not a fan of Kanye West. <laughs> that I, is um, fake news. I uh, I got schooled uh, on last week's Raw show that me and Ollie did. I did not know that. Well, I mean, I, didn't, I don't think I really knew that, that he was married to Kim Kardashian or that they had split up. I thought they might. Like, Wait, I, I think you didn't know that Kanye was married to Kim Kardashian? I don't think I did. Neither did Ollie? No, Ollie did. Ollie had to tell me. How did you not know this? I don't know. Like, uh, do they have a TV show? Do no, they do but it's things? like common. Like, just even if you don't want to know about it, everybody knows about it. I don't know, 
know, man. It's like I, if, if I see the Kardashian name pop up on, my, on Twitter feed or someone reviews it, I'm generally just scrolling past. Like, I know, I but like, oh, same for me. I don't. I can't stand Kim Kardashian, and even I knew she's married to Kanye West. <laughs> like everybody knows. I'm not sure if I did. I must have done, but like it just did not. Does your register. wife know? Have you asked her this? Oh, oh yeah, she knows. Oh, yeah, she knows this. See, also. how do you not know? Because we don't talk about it. It's not like she's like, can you believe what Kim Kardashian and, and, and <laughs> but what, it's, just like, it's like basic common knowledge, like basic common celebrity knowledge. Like you don't have to know anything else, but everybody knows that. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try and be better. Maybe that's one of my resolutions for 2021 is to be a bit more across that sort of thing. You don't even um, have to try. It's just something that everybody knows. <laughs> Uh, right, very lastly, before we get out of here, you've got a weekend off. What have you got planned? I'm taking a staycation for a day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to. I got an Airbnb rental. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Nice, like, private suite. Um, just my fiance and I, and we're going to Camarillo, which is only an hour and a half away from here, so not really bad. We're not planning on sightseeing or anything. It's actually going to rain this entire weekend. But we just kind of wanted to have like a weekend to ourselves where like I'm out of the house and we're actually seeing each other. And so, yeah, I'm hoping it's a nice week. I'm like really looking forward to it. Oh, that sounds so awesome. That sounds lush. I know I haven't gone anywhere or seen anything. So I'm like, well, we can just stay in another room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've we've been looking at that sort of thing as well like just going to cornwall i mean we can't at the moment because like uh the restrictions we've got here is that we're not allowed to leave the areas that we're currently in so like if you're in tier four you've got to stay within tier four so I, we can't really travel outside of it so but we are like once that is sort of like lifted which could be around like march april time now that the vaccinations are rolling out we're like oh we could go to cornwall which is like a five hour drive down to like the the south the southwest coast but yeah we've been looking at like getting renting out places the little cottages that are close to pubs and close to the beach we're really quite excited about it yes it's not that bad i mean like you can do it safely you just gotta you know follow you wear your mask and you know sanitize and make sure everything's clean and not go near people that's like my plan i'm like we're not planning on like going out and sightseeing like we're just gonna chill so like yeah. that's like you can definitely do something like that and you know like be okay but like for you guys, though, have they have they who's who's allowed to get the vaccine right now over there? So it's um uh if you are of a vulnerable um disposition or if you're of a certain age, then that's the oh, yeah. like, and they're sort of like staggering it. So like like my mum's a vaccinator, so my mum got the vaccination um oh. quite early on. Um, oh, that's so. so I was, good. Yeah, I say early on. She got it like a couple of weeks ago. So now yeah. she can be like, she had to get like all of her training first on how to be a vaccinator. Like she's been a nurse for like her entire life. Uh, and then she was in like, she was a, a director of nursing. And now she's going back to being a nurse since the pandemic started. She, like she put back on her nurse uniform to go and be a nurse again. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, I mean, like she's, she's been really enjoying it. She's like, she's always loved it. So like, this has been something she's really enjoyed being a part of in a way. But yeah, so she's now, um, so she's got her vaccination done, which means my dad got it done. My father-in-law is getting his done this week because he's in the vulnerable category because he's got a heart condition. So it is rolling out. I, I don't think we're going to get it like our age bracket. Like I don't think we're going to get into like towards the end of the year. I would have thought maybe even. I, I heard year. that here. They're probably going to. Oh, I don't know. I heard. I don't know if this is right, but I think they were saying like March for like people 16 and older. And I was like, oh, that was oh, wow. a lot sooner than I expected. Uh, I don't know. This was this was told to me from like 
my grandma's friend told my grandma, my grandma told me, like, I haven't like actually read it anywhere. So don't take my word for it. But my grandparents are getting their vaccinations next week, which I'm excited about. So that's so cool. Yeah, that's really good. It went the end is in sight. Um, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. We'd nice to be back in the office again. But that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. The reason why I was going to be excited to do that to get back in the office is we launched a board game channel, which is the most sociable thing to do in the world. And we can't socialize with each other. It'd be really nice to be able to socialize with people again and play board games. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's all we've got time for for this edition of the Russell Talk podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and downloading this. Pete and Andy will be back tomorrow. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to say. We are the most consistent show on the podcast uh, feed that we've got. Uh, I look at the monthly stats and like, you know, how they get like, average per month. We're the most consistent. Raw and AW go up and down. SmackDown goes up and down. Magazine we need to get to number one. Who's number one right now? We need to get to number one. Um, Let me check. I think we would... Might have been second this month. We were second place. I think we were second place. I think we were second behind AEW for December. That's not bad because I would expect AEW like reviews to be higher than our show because you know it's like new stuff. But I get so many letters from people that love this show, like not like letters, but like DMs and you know, emails and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Nope, I was wrong. We were the number one show for the podcast uh, last month. We beat the AEW review by five players. Wait, is this on the Patreon or is this on the YouTube channel? No, this is the uh, the podcast version. So like the audio version of it. So like this bit, this bit here only. Ooh, yeah, how exciting! By, by five plays, we beat the AEW review. So we're number five one. Five people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we need to get more people. <laughs> we need to tweet uh, that out. Let people know that we're number one. <laughs> we are number one. We finally beat SmackDown. So anyway, that's all we've got time for for this edition of the Rest Talk podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and downloading. Uh, we will see you next week. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.